sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. Well, it's not exactly true that the Supreme Court banished God from the public school, and occasionally public school administrators need to be reminded of that. We've got a wonderful victory story for you today with our guest, Attorney Bill Becker, founder and general counsel of Freedom X, nonprofit law firm protecting religious freedom and freedom of expression, with a wonderful victory here in Southern California in the city of Huntington Beach. But actually, Bill, before we get to that story, I understand that you're going to be honored this weekend. It'll be in the past by the time our listeners hear this show. You've been a a warrior for religious freedom for many years, and it's a recognition long overdue about this recognition. Yeah, I'm honored to receive what is called the American Freedom Award from an organization called the American Freedom Alliance, and that will be uh, given to me at the Universal City Hilton on Sunday night. And uh, they're recognizing me for approximately 15 years of protecting religious and conservative freedom of expression. One of my cases back in 2009, so that's already 10 years ago, was representing the American Freedom Alliance in a lawsuit against the California Science Center, if you remember that, Alan. Um, and I, in that, I know the Science Center used to take my kids there, but I don't remember the lawsuit. Well, AFA, that's what they're called for short, American Freedom Alliance. AFA um, had a contract to use the IMAX theater for a fundraising event. And the fundraising event was going to include a screening of an intelligent design film called Darwin's Dilemma. And when the proprietors of the Science Center were in touch with their sister or mothership at the uh, Smithsonian Institution in Washington, they were told that, that a Science Center is an inappropriate venue to host any kind of event focusing on intelligent design theory, and that intelligent design is religion and therefore it's inappropriate in a science center. Of course, all of that is uh, a misunderstanding of what intelligent design theory really is. It's not a religious argument at all. It's often conflated with biblical creationism, but it's actually a scientific theory, actually uh, a better theory than evolution theory. So uh, AFA had a contract to hold its fundraising event at the Science Center. The Science Center is actually a publicly owned institution. And so therefore, uh, I was able to sue them for not just breach of contract, but also for violating AFA civil rights under the federal civil rights statute. So we ended up having a victory in that case and settling it because we had a smoking gun piece of evidence in the form of an email between the leadership at the Smithsonian and the leadership at the Science Center, where they said, this is religion. And as you know, you can't discriminate in a public venue on the basis of viewpoint or on the basis of religion. 
So we had them, uh, you know, we had them where we wanted them and they, they were forced right. to settle, you know. Well, now that you remind me, yes, I do remember that. That was a wonderful case. And, you know, the principle that the government can't be playing favorites, either favoring or, in your case, disparaging a religious viewpoint. That's such an important principle for a free society to function. And I think it applies in the case uh, in Huntington Beach that we're going to talk about, where a public school forgets that it's not a religion-free zone, but it is more publicly neutral in protecting the freedom of its of its students, right? I think that what's happened is there's this trend all throughout the country where public school administrators don't really understand what the constitutional rulings have been in this area. And they seem to think that because there are Supreme Court cases that have banned uh, the reciting of prayers and the reading of the Bible and the like in public schools, that somehow students are not free to express their own religious viewpoints. Well, the simple argument there is that the Supreme Court has ruled that where the state is endorsing or showing favoritism toward a particular religious viewpoint or to religion in general, then that is an act of state endorsement of religion, and therefore that violates the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, whereby government is prohibited from establishing a religion. Uh, but in this case, what you had was two elementary school boys who simply wanted to express their own views by handing out flyers promoting Bring Your Bible to School Day. And the act of a student is not the act of a state. So your listeners should understand that there's a very important distinction that even school administrators don't understand. Only when the state acts, that's called state action, only when the state is endorsing religion does that uh, run afoul of the First Amendment Establishment Clause. But when students who are attending public schools who are not officials of the state who are not acting as state agents, uh, want to express their religious viewpoint, they're free to do that. Now, they didn't understand that in this case, and the principal in this case explicitly told the mother of these two boys that in a public school environment, religion is prohibited, religious expression is prohibited. She was exactly wrong on that. She uh, understood just the opposite of what the law is there. So we saw that. It was pretty obvious to us what was going on and filed our lawsuit in federal court in Orange County back in January. And uh, you know, just, I'll just mention, we settled the case with them, and the settlement to me is a, a huge win because they accepted our proposal that they revise their school freedom of speech policy to explicitly permit religious expression, and that's what it does now. I'm wondering, in that case, Bill, was there any attempt or response from the school pre-litigation before you filed the suit? You know, typically we lawyers will send a demand letter. Hey, guys, you got this one wrong. Here's the law. You need to straighten this out. And typically, you know, we tend to file cases because people aren't going to pay attention. They're, they're not going to do the right thing even when it's brought to their notice. Um, is that what happened in this case, or did you just go ahead and file the suit? This case was very interesting how, how this went about. 
the mother actually reached out to the organization that you and I are affiliated with, American Freedom Alliance. And uh, American Freedom Alliance provided with a legal analysis, citing the law, citing the case law that shows that religious expression by students in public schools is permissible under the First Amendment. And she presented that to the principal. And the principal, rather than forwarding that legal analysis to district council or reading it and understanding it or doing something to show some sort of due diligence, she simply ignored it and, and wrote back and said, nope, they're prohibited. So by doing that, the mother had already put in place what lawyers ordinarily would do by providing school with sure. that demand. And because she did that, there was no point in me having to repeat that. In fact, I quite often do this a little differently than some other organization might, where I see a very clear violation that we have evidence on. Um, I just file the lawsuit, and here's why. Rather than give them an out where they can later violate the policy once again when we're not looking, I want to put their feet to the fire. So I filed a lawsuit. They've got to change the policy. It becomes a matter of public knowledge at that point. And so that's why we get the results we got here. Well, I think it's very useful to publicize these kinds of situations because, you know, like we've been saying, Bill, there's so much misinformation about what the Supreme Court actually did in its school prayer and Bible reading cases. And in fact, um, I think you even kind of carelessly said earlier, you know, well, Supreme Court, you know, banned Bible reading in the public schools. Well, no, it banned uh, formal teacher-led kinds of services where the Bible is read in a devotional manner because it's, and I'm, I know you and I don't disagree on this, uh, the the court has affirmed the right of students to bring their Bibles, to read their Bibles, to, you know, write about religious subjects for, you know, uh, for essays or, you know, what I did on my summer vacation. I went to vacation Bible school and I learned about Jesus or, you know, whatever, you know, things like that. But it's the notion of having the school actually formally leading out in a religious practice. And of course, if we step back as Americans, we don't really want government officials making decisions about religion, do we? We don't really want them telling us, you know, which religions and which doctrines and beliefs are right. Yeah, I don't know that I was careless as much as I was inartful when I said what I said, because sure. clearly, in, clearly in this in this lawsuit, the goal was to permit these boys not just to hand right. out flyers promoting bring your Bible to school day, but allowing students to bring their Bibles to school, which are absolutely permitted to do. So, yeah, I was in artful in the way I expressed it, but the way you summarized it is exactly what uh, what I, I said earlier in the sense that students are free to express their faith in public schools and Americans are free to express their faith in public venues in the main. And that means that wherever secular speech is protected, religious speech enjoys the same level of protection. And I think that's what most people misunderstand because they think that uh, there's been 
so much attention by the left given to the, the cases uh, and, and where they've misinformed the public about the results of those cases involving the religion clause that people are afraid now to express their religious interests or their faith or their beliefs uh, in the public venue. And so they withhold them uh, in fear that they're violating the Constitution or they'll be punished for that. And one of the objectives of bringing lawsuits like this is to try to disabuse the public of that fear and to encourage them to do what the mother in this case did. And let me tell you, most parents aren't just afraid to bring a lawsuit, but they discouraged from doing it because they just want to get along with the school district. They don't want their child to be retaliated against. And more than anything, they want their child to be able to graduate and just move on. And that's what most people do. And in this case, you had a parent who was a very strong Christian who wanted her sons to do the right thing. And God bless her for that. And I, I, I would hope that most people and your listeners here would feel encouraged by it. Well, what a great civics lesson for a young person. We're out of time. Our guest today, Attorney Bill Becker, Founder General Counsel of Freedom X. Freedom X is on the web at freedomxlaw.com. And there's lots of folks like Bill doing great work on religious freedom. Thanks for being with us on Freedom Spring Radio today. Thank you, Alan. God bless. Thank you for listening, friends. Well, as we close, folks, remember, freedom is definitely not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association, producer of Freedom's Ring. And you can find NARLA, as we call it, on the web at religiousliberty.info. Be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on SoundCloud or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rock. Until next week, let freedom ring.